What up, everybody? I'm George Becknell, the host of the new Highly Opinionated Podcast, where I'm highly opinionated about these sports topics. And today, we're going to be talking about the NBA playoffs. We're going to be talking about Golden State versus Houston, Portland versus Denver, Milwaukee versus Boston, the 76ers versus Toronto. We're also going to be talking about some people that's not in the playoffs, the New Orleans Pelicans. And guess what? I'm going to tell you why the Los Angeles Lakers should trade LeBron James. everybody you know what we got to talk about we got to talk about these nba playoffs and this is the best nba playoffs so far that i've seen in a few years you know because we don't know who's gonna be in the finals for the last three four years we all it was just a foregone conclusion it's gonna be golden state versus cleveland golden state versus cleveland golden state versus cleveland well guess what golden state's in a dog fight right now and i don't know if they're gonna come out the second round because right now this series between them and the Houston Rockets has been lit. Like, this has been one of the most entertaining series I've seen in a long time. You look at it, Golden State's up currently three games to two with game six in Houston taking place tonight, right? But if you look at it, every game has been decided by six or less points, right? So James Harden has been outstanding as usual. Kevin Durant has been outstanding. But the Warriors, to me, have been leaning a whole lot more on Kevin Durant than they have since Kevin Durant arrived in Golden State. So they they look very, very vulnerable right now to me, especially since Kevin Durant has been ruled out for the rest of the series. That right calf strain is going to cause them big time, and I'm going to tell you why. A couple of reasons. It goes without saying that Kevin Durant is – Possibly and probably the best player in the NBA right now. This brother has been going off. He's been averaging 30-plus in the playoffs. He's been single-handedly carrying Golden State. He's been the only consistent player in this series for the Warriors because those All-Stars, former MVP Steph Curry, perennial All-Star Klay Thompson, Defensive Player of the Year, former Defensive Player of the Year Draymond Green, they all been looking like role players in this series. So they've all taken a backseat to Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is clearly the alpha individual, and now he's out. Second thing, with the absence of Boogie Cousins already, the Warriors have been very, very thin. They've been thin. You know, Boogie Cousins not there, so that puts Andre Iguodala in the starting lineup. What, what does that mean? So... Andre Iguodala's in the starting lineup. He's a guy that's capable of going to get 10, 15 points, right? 
So if he's going to get 10, 15 points, now he's in the starting lineup, you don't have those 10, 15 points you can go get off the bench. Sean Livingston hasn't done anything. You know, where are these guys? Now you are short Kevin Durant. It doesn't look good for the Warriors. You know, now obviously they have an advantage. They're up three games to two. And even though game six is in Houston, game seven is in Oracle. So they still got a good shot. But I'm, I'm concerned. I'm concerned. You know, Steph Curry. Steph Curry's been shooting 25% from the three-point line in this series. This brother's got to step it up. He has to. If they're going to win, he's got to return to his former MVP self. Klay Thompson's got to show up. He's been absent in this series. You know, and they got to get some type of scoring from somewhere off the bench. I don't know if you go start giving Andrew Bogut more minutes. Livingston got to contribute. Somebody has to step up. But the Houston Rockets have been playing good basketball. And look, this series has been a great series. So I don't want to just make it about the Warriors not playing at their peak to, to, the re- to be the reason why this series has been very, very close. It's also about the Rockets. The Rockets have been playing some very good basketball. I already talked about James Harden being James Harden. Eric Gordon has stepped it up and has been scoring the basketball. You got good minutes out of Austin Rivers. CP3 has been making some clutch shots. And Clint Capella, after game two, has stepped it up on the defensive side of the basketball. So how the Rockets have been able to stay in this series, number one, they're getting production off the bench. Austin Rivers has been phenomenal. You know, they're getting production from their role players. You know, P.J. Tucker's playing good basketball. So is Clint Capella. So is Austin Rivers. You know, so is Eric Gordon. They've been playing well. You know, and also, they've been very, very, very smart. They've been forcing Steph Curry to play defense on guys like Eric Gordon and James Harden. They've been exposing the Warriors defensively. Because, look, Steph Curry, to me, is is the greatest shooter I've ever seen. But defensively, this guy's a liability. And Mike D'Antoni, I've been very, very critical of Mike D'Antoni because I don't think he's a championship coach. I think he's the new version of Rick Adelman. He's always a guy that's going to get you 50 wins in the regular season, maybe a second-round exit. But in this series, he's done really, really well with the strategy because – He's exposed Steph Curry defensively, and they're always finding ways to put him one-on-one against James Harden because the Rockets are a very good three-point shooting team. They've been shooting a three-point shot better than the Warriors in this series. So when guys like James Harden, Chris Paul, Eric Gordon, when those guys are actually getting in the paint, they're able to kick. And another thing, too, I like what the Rockets have been doing most of the season, James Harden has been so much, so ball dominant. He's been isolating. He's been looking for a shot. He's a scorer. That's what he does. But if you're watching these Houston Rockets this series, what these Houston Rockets have been able to do, they've been able to have some fluidity in the offense. You see the ball moving around. You see three or four passes before shots taken. You see a lot of these guys like Eric Gordon, P.J. Tucker. You see them wide open, Austin Rivers in the corner at the wing, shooting uncontested jump shots. And the Warriors haven't had that same fluidity on offense. You know, you see Steph dribbling and shooting the contested shot. 
Kevin Durant, now granted, Kevin Durant's made these shots, but a lot of his shots that he's taken or been, have been contested. So the Rockets have played harder. They've come to play, and they've given the Warriors fits. And I'm going to tell you what. Steph Curry, this is your opportunity. Your opportunity to show that you're still an MVP type of player, that you still are capable of carrying a team because you got to be the closer. You got to close out this series. And Klay Thompson, you have to get some production too. So I don't know who's going to win this series. Um, I, I, I tend to lean toward Houston now because Houston obviously has an advantage without Kevin Durant on the floor. And they, are, and they have a deeper bench. That's key because these Warriors, you're forcing them to play defense. You're forcing them to go one. You're forcing Steph Curry to go one on one with James Harden. The fatigue will catch him. If Kevin Durant was available, I would really like the Warriors in this one. But since he's not, I think the Rockets have a clear advantage. So, in my opinion, this one's going seven. I'll watch every minute of it. So we'll see what happens. All right, staying in the West. In the other series between the Portland Trailblazers and the Denver Nuggets, we get to see a Game 7. Oh, I love Game 7. Man, these playoffs have been so amazing. But you look at these two teams, and I've been enjoying every second of it. Man, Dame Lillard on Portland's side has been, he stepped it up. He's like, look, I'm going to shoot it. I'm shooting with confidence. He's hitting from 35 feet out. I mean, this, this, this dude has been amazing in these playoffs. C.J. McCollum has played well. And look, Rodney Hood coming off the bench? Oh, bro. Like, Rodney Hood has been so good off the bench. He's definitely giving this team, this Portland team, a huge lift, an un unexpected lift. Because I don't recall Rodney Hood doing anything in the regular season for Portland. I just don't. I remember him last year getting some minutes here and there in, uh, in Cleveland. Very rarely. I knew the dude was a baller, but, man, this dude has been playing so well. You know, uh, Seth Curry's been hitting some big shots. Uh, Amino's played well. So these guys are a good basketball team. I like Cantor down low. Cantor's not a guy who's going to get you, like, 20 points, but he's going to get you, like, 10 to 15 boards. He's going to play some good defense. So I really, really like this Portland Trailblazer team, and they do match up well with this Denver Nuggets team. And, I mean, this Denver Nuggets team has been really good. I mean, if you look at it, they've been shockingly good this whole year. You know, they've won games. They've been steady. They're not really exciting to watch, but they win games and they play well. If you look at them, they remind me a lot of a new version of the San Antonio Spurs. I mean, if you look at it, Jokic, Jokic to me, he doesn't get enough props. And I know he gets plenty of props, but it's still not enough. Because this guy, he's the key to everything. You're talking about a Denver Nuggets team that won 54 games in the regular season and they run their offense through him. Like, he's a big man who's skilled in every asset of the game. He can take you off the dribble. He can post up. He can score in the post. And y'all know how I feel about somebody scoring in the post. Reminds me of guys like, Hakeem Olajuwon and Carl Malone and, and, and those guys and Tim Duncan. He, he actually does remind me a lot of Tim Duncan. You know, he's scoring the post. He's got a mid-range jumper. He could pass out of the post really, really well. This guy can do it all, and he's one of the best players that's left in the playoffs. 
Then you look at the talent around him. You got Paul Millsap, who's the consummate professional. This guy's going to get you 15, 20 points in the playoffs. That's what he does. He's a guy that that you can that you don't have to create a shot for him. He can generate his own shot. You can just throw him the ball and he'll get you a bucket. Jamal Murray from Kentucky. Young guy who's really made a name for himself in these playoffs. You know, he's been able to get to the bucket, penetrate. He's been able to finish well. He's got a couple of big poster dunks. This guy has been playing so well. Then you got guys like Mason Plumley coming off the bench, giving you high energy. You got Beasley. I'm really been enjoying this series, you know. I think Denver has an advantage because Game 7 is in Denver. But, man, look, no lead is safe. Man, Portland got those sharpshooters, man. Between Lillard, McCollum, Hood, Seth Curry. Man, look, anybody named Curry can shoot. Dale Curry can shoot. Steph Curry can shoot. Seth Curry can shoot. So, there's no lead that's going to be safe. And in the Game 7, it's just going to be all-out war, man. And I'm telling you, I actually like Portland in this one. I think Portland's got the They got more aggressive players. Don't get me wrong. I love Denver's game. But I'm taking Portland to win this game seven on the road and face the winner out of Golden State in Houston. So we're going to switch over to the Eastern Conference for the other game seven that's going on right now. And this series is a fun series to watch because there's two opposite ball clubs, right? You got on one side a lot who a lot of people think is the future of the NBA and the Philadelphia 76ers. And in my opinion, the best starting five from top to bottom in the NBA. I'm not talking about the whole team. I'm not talking about top-heavy guys like having KD and, and Steph Curry on your starting five. I'm talking about one through five, the best starting five in the NBA, in my opinion. Debate me if you want. Against a team in the Toronto Raptors who've been pretty much carried by Kawhi Leonard. But let's kind of break this series down, right? In the last couple games... Joel Embiid has made news for having some type of stomach sickness, and he's been he's been very, very slow lately. You know, he's been a guy that is very, very dominant but hasn't looked himself, and his team has suffered for it. But thank goodness for Jimmy Butler. Like, they, the 76ers better be on their hands and knees praying, thankful that they were able to acquire Jimmy Butler because Jimmy Butler has been big time, and he's been saving – saving their series, essentially, from getting eliminated because, look, Kawhi ain't playing, you know. But Jimmy Butler's been outstanding. Tobias Harris has been consistent. He's been solid. You know, Ben Simmons had a good couple of games. This 76ers team is, is balanced, but if they want to go to Toronto and win game seven, they're going to need to do two things. Number one, Joel Embiid has to return to his former dominant self. I mean, if you look at the Raptors, they got, yeah, they got Serge Ibaka and Mark Gasol. But when Joel Embiid is running on all, on all cylinders, neither one of those guys can stop him. He's the key to the 76ers team. He, he has to be dominant for them to win. Then you look on the other side. I mean, you got a bunch of role players. You know, Kyle Lowry doesn't look like himself. You know, Danny Green, he is who he is. He is who we thought he was. He's a guy... That's going to be able to knock down some open shots. He's going to play some solid defense for you. And that's it. But this dude, Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard has been unstoppable. It doesn't matter who you put on him. 
You could put Tobias Harris on him. You could put Ben Simmons on him. You could put Jimmy Butler on him. Don't matter. He's scoring. Nobody's going to stop him. So the the key, in my opinion, of this series, Joel Embiid is the X factor. Joel Embiid has to dominate because Kawhi Leonard has been the best player in the playoffs, not named James Harden and Kevin Durant. And he's been consistent, and it doesn't matter. Dude plays great defense. Dude can score on anybody. We'll see about Game 7. I like Toronto's chances in Game 7 at home. I fully expect them to win and, and match up with Milwaukee in the conference finals. But we'll see what happens. But Joel Embiid has to dominate for the 76ers to have a shot. All right, staying in the East, the Milwaukee Bucks have punched their ticket to the Eastern Conference Finals. After losing the game one against the Boston Celtics, they went on to win four in a row. You know, you had a lot of people being overly dramatic, like Paul Pierce, after game one saying the series was over. Giannis Antetokounmpo had other ideas. Let me tell you, this Milwaukee Bucks team has been nothing short of impressive. You, I just said Giannis Antetokounmpo's name, a.k.a. the Greek Freak, a.k.a. Superman, is nicknamed by Shaq. And look, this guy has been the most dominant player in the paint that I've seen since Shaquille O'Neal. But if you look at this squad, this is a very, very good squad. And look, if they're able to come out of the East, whoever comes out of the West, whether that's Golden State or Houston or Denver, Portland, whoever, I don't care. You better be worried about this team because you got Giannis in the middle. Giannis could do everything on the floor except shoot a jumper. But he can score all kinds of different ways in the paint. This guy's dominant, right? But you also have a squad around him. You know, people don't talk about this team enough to me because they don't have enough big names. But if you look at this squad, Eric Bledsoe. Eric Bledsoe's always been the player. They got Eric Bledsoe from the Clippers last year. This guy has been getting in the paint. He's been creating some shots. Malcolm Brogdon is also a baller. You look at guys like Miritich. And Middleton, who was an all-star, you look at these people, it's just a well-all machine. You know, you got guys that's getting in the paint. You got shooters that's knocking down jumpers. These guys play really, really good defense, and they made Boston look crazy. They made Boston look bad. You know, when was the last time you saw the, anybody say the Boston Celtics was bad on defense? You know, Brad Stevens, he's a coach I highly respect. But the Celtics looked like they couldn't do anything with Giannis. And then they couldn't score. But I'm going to tell you why. Their offense against a good defensive team, they don't, there's no ball movement. There's no ball movement. There's, there's no fluidity. Kyrie Irving went iso, iso, iso. He didn't shoot the ball well. And... Those other wings didn't play well either. Jalen Brown didn't play that well. Tatum didn't play well. And what it got you? It's got your trip to go fishing. But look, I'm going to tell you, this Milwaukee Bucks team, this, this Milwaukee Bucks team is my favorite to get out the East. I think they'll get out the East, and whoever plays them in the finals, 
you're in trouble. But we'll see. So we're going to shift gears a little bit. We talked about all the playoff teams, all the teams that's still left in the playoffs, that is. So now we're going to talk about somebody who's been watching the playoffs from home. LeBron James and the L.A. Lakers. And look, man, the Lakers, I'm, I'm a basketball historian. So I believe the NBA is better when the Lakers are good. And the Lakers, to their credit, have been consistently good since I've watched basketball. Like, I don't remember the Lakers being this bad for this long, missing the playoffs year after year after year. I don't remember that. I remember the Lakers winning titles. Then I remember them being solid, making the playoffs. Then I remember them winning some more titles. The Lakers, I can't say enough about the consistency they've had under Dr. Jerry Buss. Um, and they've been a great franchise. But I don't recognize the Lakers anymore. The Lakers look like such a train wreck. You know, under under the leadership of Jeannie Buss, you know, they got a GM and Rob Palenka. You know, Rob Palenka guy, uh, he was on that Michigan team with, with the Fab Five. He has no front office experience, right? The, the, the greatest thing he did in the NBA was be Kobe Bryant's manager. You know, the Lakers, they lose credibility by the day. Right? So you got Rob Palenka at GM who's not a basketball exec. Hate to say it like that, but he's not. Right? You got Magic Johnson who, when I think of the Lakers, I think about Magic Johnson. He's the only guy I could ever think of that's been VP of basketball operations, a player on two separate occasions, and a head coach all for the same franchise. He's the only guy I can think about. He's Mr. Laker. And for this dude to walk away from the Lakers because of all the foolishness, it goes to show you the total dysfunction of the organization. I mean, where do I start? I mean, look, you know, let's talk about this coaching search, right? Guy named Monty Williams. Monty Williams was the former head coach of the Pelicans. I'll get to them in a few. Former head coach of the Pelicans. He improved the Pelicans every year he was there. He's been an assistant coach in OKC. He's been an assistant coach. He's currently an assistant coach for the 76ers team. A very capable guy. This dude chose to be the head coach of the Phoenix Suns over the L.A. Lakers. You know. Now, the L.A. Lakers, they're going to get somebody like Tyron Lue. They wanted Tyron Lue, right? Which is, to me, ridiculous because I felt like Tyron Lue had trouble coaching LeBron in Cleveland. Said it was too stressful. It's the most stressful thing he ever did. So the Lakers go get the coach that was stressed out by coaching LeBron in Cleveland to come coach him in L.A. Now he doesn't want to come. He doesn't want to come because he didn't like the length of the contract. They didn't want to give him a five-year contract. And also they tried to force Kurt Rambus on his staff. So you you go bring in a head coach and then you go try to tell him who his assistant coaches had to be? I mean, that's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. You know, so I don't know what the Lakers are doing. Then you look at them personnel-wise. You know, don't get me wrong. If you got an opportunity to sign LeBron James, LeBron James is one of the greatest players to ever put on shorts. If I make a top five NBA player of all time list, LeBron's in my top five. Dude's great. He's been great his whole career. So I got to get a man props. 
But he's going into year 17, right? So you bring in LeBron, and LeBron, the type of player he has, the type of game he has, LeBron is a ball-dominant guy. You don't run no offense when you have LeBron James. LeBron, LeBron is the offense. He's going to dribble until he can penetrate, find a hole to penetrate. He's going to dribble and kick. He's going to shoot a, he's going to shoot a jumper. The offense is him. That's just what it is. So you surround a guy like that with a whole bunch of shooters. The Lakers didn't do that. The Lakers kept their young core of Lonzo Ball, who's not a shooter, Kyle Kuzma, who's not a shooter, Brandon Ingram, who's pretty, who has a decent jump shot, but all these guys are playmakers. Then you go get John Rondo in free agency. So the team doesn't even, the scheme doesn't fit LeBron. The team doesn't fit LeBron at all, right? So now there's trade rumors saying that Jeannie Buss should actually trade LeBron James. And you know what? I absolutely think she should. Because number one, when is the last time that a free agent of a high caliber, and I'm not talking about age D-Wade when he went to Cleveland. I'm talking, when was the last time a free agent of a high caliber actually said, you know what? I want to go play with LeBron. Kevin Love might be the only guy that I can even think of ever, right? You know, yeah, you might say him and Chris Bosh plan to go to Miami together. Okay, I'll give you that one. But other than that, I can't think of anybody. People just want to go play with LeBron. So I don't see where the Lakers in this upcoming free agency is about to go get a, a big name as long as LeBron's on the roster. Then he's in year 17. I don't think you're going to win with LeBron. I don't think you win another championship with LeBron. You know, so in my opinion, LeBron still has a lot of value. He doesn't have a no-trade clause in his contract. Move him. Move LeBron. Get you some picks. Get you some assets. Let let the team overcompensate you for LeBron. Because LeBron still has great value. LeBron puts butts in the seats no matter where he goes. You know, he's still a great player. Don't get me wrong, he's on the back nine of his career. But he's still a great player. He's still a top five player in the NBA. I just don't think with the dysfunction in the front office, the Lakers should be in rebuilding mode. They should be trying to get some young guys and they should try to get some stability in that front office. And until they do, they won't win another title. You're just wasting the, you're just wasting the rest of LeBron's career. Trade him. Get some picks. Move on from LeBron. You're not going to win a title with him. Rebuild your organization. And speaking of the Lakers and trades, Anthony Davis comes to mind. The Pelicans get signed a new GM, the GM from Cleveland named David Griffith. And the first thing he says, he's going to try to convince Anthony Davis to stay. That's a bad idea. And look, this has nothing to do with the way I feel about Anthony Davis and the caliber of player he is. Because Anthony Davis is a stud. He's top five NBA player right now. Anybody will be fortunate to have a guy like this on his team. But I think he's so far gone right now. I think he's done with the team. He's done with the franchise. There's not a coach in place that he should have confidence in. I don't think the Pelicans are committed to Gentry. But at the same time, I don't. there's no signs of them getting rid of him right now. 
I just don't like I just don't like rolling the dice with Anthony Davis like that. He's got one year left on his contract. He's a guy that you cannot afford to let him walk for free. You can't do it. You can't lose Anthony Davis in free agency. He's too valuable. He's too much of a valuable asset to just let him walk. Now look, next year with the roster the way it is so far, you got some you got a little space under the salary cap, not much. But if you trade Anthony Davis, that's gonna be a lot more room. Solomon Hill is a bad contract. You have to figure out something to do to get rid of that. But other than that, I actually like the pieces that the Pelicans have. You know, you got a Drew Holiday who's a baller. Julius Randle's had a great season. Uh, Emeka Ogofor is a good guy that plays offense. He's a liability on defense, but he can score the basketball. You know, Alfred Payton, when he's healthy, is a very, very good player. I don't think this Pelicans team is, is that far off. So you're going to have to get another guy, preferably a, a swingman. I don't know where you're going to get that guy from to impress Anthony Davis enough for him to want to stay. And even still, that's not guaranteed. So you got to move him. You have to move him ASAP. You can't you can't wait till the trade deadline because I think somebody's going to try to lowball you because there's no guarantee that he's going to sign anywhere long term except the Lakers. And to be honest, I don't know why he wants to go to that train wreck of an organization anyway. But, hey, that's what he's saying he want to do. So, a lot of chips got to fall a certain way to see what happens. You know, Boston has a lot of assets. Boston was a team that seemed to be very interested. But if they let Kyrie Irving walk, because I think he's played his last game as a Celtic, then they're not going to want guys like Tatum and Jalen Brown to walk either. I'm just saying. But, Pelicans, hey, look. Trade Anthony Davis. But anyway, if you if you enjoyed any of the content, please hit subscribe and share with a friend. So that's it. I'm out. I'll see y'all next time on Highly Opinionated.